0: Welcome to the Danny Picard Show on the Podcast One Network, Monday, September 9th, 2019. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio, Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, BeantownUSA.com on today's show Never a dull moment here in New England. Never a dull moment. Where do we begin? Uh, I will open the show with my reaction to the Antonio Brown saga or circus, whatever you want to call it. We had a weekend when it comes to Antonio Brown, didn't we? I mean, the emotional roller coaster here in New England. If you follow me on Twitter, you know what type of emotional roller coaster I was on with the Antonio Brown situation. And uh, I will give my full reaction to everything that went down. Antonio Brown, now a New England Patriot. I will also break down all of week one in the NFL, or at least the top stories, including, of course, the Patriots' big win without Antonio Brown. The Patriots' big win over the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday Night Football to begin the 2019 season. The Patriots look... As dominant as I told you they would be when I gave you my season predictions last week, last Thursday on this show. And we didn't just have big football news here in New England. We had major baseball news. And this goes beyond just New England sports news and Boston sports news. This was all breaking news and this is major news in the in the national sports world. I'm watching Scott Van Pelt last night as I'm about to go to bed just after midnight Eastern time. And Scott Van Pelt breaks in with this breaking news that the Red Sox fired President of Baseball Operations Dave Dombrowski. Gone. Dave Dombrowski. Out. He is no longer the Red Sox President of Baseball Operations. The season is not over yet. There's still a couple weeks left in the regular season. Uh, I mean, the season technically for the Red Sox is over because they're eight games out of the wild card spot. But they lose to the Yankees last night. I wasn't watching that game. I was watching the Patriots and the Steelers. Um... But Dombrowski is out. So I got to react to that. The Red Sox are making comments as we speak. They're sending out press releases. So I have to react to all of the Dombrowski stuff as well. We got Patriots. We got NFL. We got Dave Dombrowski. Like I said, never a dull moment. And all of it today is presented by BetOnline. Go to BetOnline.ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Get involved in all the action by signing up for a free Bet Online account. And use promo code Podcast One to receive a 50% sign up bonus. That's promo code Podcast One for a 50% sign up bonus. Bet Online, the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet. BetOnline.ag. Today's show is also presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC. P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, PIC. And you can play for free next Sunday. Week 2 in the NFL, the $1.75 million play-action contest, $1.7 million in total prizes, $100,000 going to first place. Again, play for free in this contest by signing up right now using promo code PIC, P-I-C, that's promo code PIC, P-I-C, that's raftkings.com. Welcome to the show, and uh, I'm going to begin with Antonio Brown because this is a huge story not just here in New England, but throughout all of the NFL and all of the football world and all of the sports world. All eyes were on Antonio Brown, not just this weekend, for the past couple of weeks. I mean, if you watch Hard Knocks with the Oakland Raiders on HBO, which I did every Tuesday night, and I reacted to it on this show accordingly. Um, the Antonio Brown saga, I felt like we didn't get as much as we probably should have from the Antonio Brown. There's so much that happened with Antonio Brown in the Raiders over the last couple of weeks that I think it's easy to forget some things, right? It's easy to forget the issues with Antonio Brown's feet. He was in that cryotherapy chamber, either a little too long or he had wet socks on when he was in there and he had frostbitten feet. We forget about that. You know, where he's showing his feet off on hard knocks. I mean, that's nothing. That should be kind of a big deal for a guy who uses his feet with his speed to be a great wide receiver in the National Football League. That should be a big deal. But given all the stuff that happened after that with Antonio Brown and the Oakland Raiders, it really isn't even an issue at all. It's like there's nobody even cares about his feet anymore. It's where's Antonio Brown's head at? What is going on with Antonio Brown? Well, Antonio Brown right now is now a New England Patriot. On Saturday, just hours after being cut and released by the Oakland Raiders. Antonio Brown, like I was on Twitter, and it's almost, it's the most, this story, Antonio Brown ending up with the Patriots on a one-year, $15 million deal with $10 million guaranteed. Seen that tweet pop up from Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, a couple other NFL insiders seeing the tweet pop up on Saturday afternoon that says Antonio Brown has agreed to a deal with the new England Patriots. It's the most unbelievable, believable story and result to a player's future that I've ever seen in the history of sports. Let me say that again. It's the most unbelievable, believable story. Antonio Brown ending up with the New England Patriots on a one-year deal. And I say it's the most unbelievable, believable story because we know the history that the Patriots have with bringing in these players that are superstars, that are big names, that had some issues with their previous team. And, And all of a sudden, they come to New England, and they buy into the Patriot way, and... You know, they helped the Patriots get to the Super Bowl. I I can't say helped the Patriots win a Super Bowl because Randy Moss never won a Super Bowl. It's unfortunate. I don't use that to knock Randy Moss. I am one of Randy Moss's biggest fans. And Randy Moss, you know, people will... The comparison to the Randy Moss thing is real. It's real in the sense that Randy Moss was a selfish player. He was. He was a selfish player. Did he want to win? Yeah, he wanted to win. He wanted to win. That was part of it. But let's not forget how he ran himself out of New England. I don't. You shouldn't forget about that. He gets up at a press conference after a win. Was it week one? A win over Cincinnati? I was covering the team at the time. Randy Moss gets up for a press conference, and he's talking about his contract. And it's like, well, there you go. Next thing you know, Randy Moss shipped out of town. Randy Moss regretted it after, right? Because <laughs> he went to, a, where'd he go? Tennessee, and then Minnesota again. And he regretted it in a press conference as the Patriots beat the Vikings. Randy Moss was down in the Vikings. Patriots beat the Vikings at Gillette. I was covering the Randy Moss, that Randy Moss press conference too, where he's in the visiting, press con- the visiting team's press conference, and he's just, he's wearing a Red Sox hat while he's a member of the Vikings. He's knocking his own coach, I think it was Brad Childress at the time, and he's praising, throwing bouquets at the Patriots and basically showing the ultimate regret for getting selfish with the contract and forcing his way out of New England. So you can relate all of this, you know, the selfishness that Antonio Brown has been showing. You can relate that to Randy Moss's selfishness. You can. Where I, Where I don't think you can relate the two is, you know, people want to go to the talent. I know Antonio Brown's a great receiver. I just... I'm not putting him in the same category as Randy Moss, though. I, I, just, I, I have a. T- Randy Moss to me was like everything seemed like it was with ease. He was, um, you know, puts the hand. I it, I just still feel like there's a difference in talent from the two. It's not a huge difference. There's still a difference. I still don't think Antonio Brown's on Randy Moss's level. I don't, talent wise. Is it is it close? It's closer than a lot of other receivers in the league, sure. But Randy Moss was a was a special type of receiver, and I think I am very hesitant to put guys in Randy Moss's category. I don't know that I'm going there with Antonio Brown. He's a Antonio Brown's a great receiver. Is he in, is he on Randy Moss's level? Uh, I don't know. Go if you think he is, go back and watch Randy Moss highlights. Refresh your Randy Moss memory for me, please. Just for just for a few minutes. Um, but the selfishness aspect, you know, it's similar. We know the story and the history with the Patriots and bringing these guys in and turning them around and turning them into unselfish guys, even if it's just for a year or two before they eventually get selfish again. And, and, and. And using it to their advantage as a team as well. They're doing this with Antonio Brown. And when the tweets rolled out on Saturday, it's the most unbelievable, believable thing. It's believable because of the history the Patriots have with bringing in these types of players. It's un- unbelievable because Antonio Brown seemed like a different type of selfish over the weekend. over Just over the weekend. Like on Thursday night, Friday night. He seemed like a different type of selfish. He seemed like a different type of asshole, didn't he? I was calling him an asshole on Twitter throughout all the Oakland Raiders stuff. He just seemed like a different type of asshole to the point where I tweeted out, Patriots, please do not do this. As it looked like the Raiders were about to release him, and then they didn't release him, and I tweeted, Patriots, please do not do this. What did the Patriots do? They did it. They signed Antonio Brown, and it, it was like they wasted no time. Antonio Brown's agent, Drew Rosenhaus, Bill Belichick, they worked something out real quick. And it got me thinking, as it got a lot of people thinking. They announced it on Saturday. But when did Drew Rosenhaus, Antonio Brown, and Bill Belichick know that this was going to happen? Did they just find out on Saturday? Did 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 they know about it over the weekend? Did they know about it months ago? Because the Antonio Brown to New England Patriots move is one of two things, okay? It's either the Patriots have lost their goddamn minds. That's one. Or two, this has been an elaborate scheme for a long time to get Antonio Brown to the Patriots and for Antonio Brown to to get to New England. It's either, one, the Patriots have lost their minds... Yeah, they take on these selfish players who have issues with their previous teams because they know they're great players and they, they feel like they can bring them into a winning environment and get them to only want to win. right They, they know they could do that. but Antonio Brown's a, a di- this is a di- it just seemed a different type of crazy if you've been following his story with the with the Raiders. So that different type of crazy, this is either the Patriots have lost their goddamn minds taking on this different type of crazy or two, this was an elaborate scheme from the get-go. And when I tweet out Patriots don't do this and I knock Antonio Brown all weekend long, I mean, do you need to go through the timeline of the craziness? Do you need to? If you want to, let's go through it real quick. Antonio Brown... He's got the feet. Again, that wasn't even an issue. The feet became a non-issue. That's a big issue. But yet, this shit was so crazy, the feet became... Antonio Brown's frostbitten feet became a non-issue. Wasn't even a story at all. Um. Antonio Brown was missing practices. You know, he had the helmet situation. He was missing practices, training camp, because he couldn't find a helmet that he liked. Like, what? And and you know they go back and forth. Mrs. Camp leaves camp, comes back. Mrs. Camp again leaves camp again, comes back again. Finally finds a helmet. They think they got a helmet. He signs a contract with a helmet company. So that's a, an elaborate scheme on its own. Let's make some money with this, right? Signed a deal with a helmet company. Probably knew from the get-go the helmet that he was gonna wear. You know, but it was crazy. It was like, what are we doing? It was so crazy that I sat here and told you, "This no way, this is about a helmet. It's got to be about something else." I told you that. It's got to be about something else. Well, let's get the helmet situation. Then, as the you know training camp ends, cut down day comes and goes. The Raiders are about to begin a new season. They send Antonio Brown a letter. With, the, with it, telling him that he's being fined for all the thing, the times that he missed, the practices that he missed, Antonio Brown responds to the fines by posting the letter from GM Mike Mayock on Instagram. And not only did he post it on Instagram, there was a situation at at practice or after practice or at the facility at at Raiders practice in which Mike Mayock and Antonio Brown kind of got into it. to the where Antonio Brown had to, had to be held back. Antonio Brown called Mike Mayock a cracker. That's what he called him. He called him a cracker. That's the report. I'm just giving you what, what happened. Okay, These are facts, according to reports. Nobody's disputing those things, I don't think. Uh, either way, there was a. <laughs> I mean, I can only. All I can do is laugh at that. I just wish we could see that on HBO. Like, I feel like HBO missed all the good stuff, they missed all the good stuff. So they had this altercation, Mike Mayock, Antonio Brown. Meanwhile, John Gruden's saying all the right things, right? John Gruden is trying to, you know he doesn't feel the way he says either. You know John Gruden is pissed. And you can kind of sense that. <laughs> here's maybe the best part. And here's the point where I'm like, what is Antonio Brown doing? Antonio Brown records a phone conversation with John Gruden and then puts it on YouTube, secretly records the conversation and puts it on YouTube. And in the conversation, the ironic part about the conversation is John Gruden is telling Antonio Brown in this conversation to cut this shit and just play football. He says, can you just stop with this shit and just play football? How hard is that? That's what Antonio... That's what John Gruden says to Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown hears that and is like, yeah, let's post this on social media. Let's post this on YouTube. Like, what? Who thinks like that? It's crazy. It was the... This was a different type of crazy. Okay, this was a different type of crazy. Now, this phone conversation came about... So, in between the Mike Mayock altercation, in which Antonio Brown reportedly called Mike Mayock a cracker, in between that and the secretly recorded phone conversation with John Gruden that was then posted on YouTube, Antonio Brown gave an emotional apology to the team in this like emotional meeting that people talked about to the point where Oakland said, you know what? We're not going to suspend you or fine you anymore. We're going to let you play. You're going to be in uniform and playing on Monday night. And then Antonio Brown's response is like, okay, good. Let me post this YouTube video with, with the coach, which I'm secretly recording him. It's crazy. And this was all Friday night and I tweeted out, what is he doing? What is he doing? Makes no sense. Saturday morning, all of a sudden the team starts talking about you hear reports, Oakland, they're taking away his guaranteed money. His 30 million guaranteed. You know, that new three-year, what was it, three-year fifty-four million dollar deal that came along with the trade? Antonio Brown was traded from Pittsburgh to Oakland. And, you know, as you know, part of the trade, Oakland was going to give Antonio Brown guaranteed money that he no longer had with Pittsburgh. Antonio Brown had like three years left on a contract with Pittsburgh, but none of it was guaranteed anymore. So what Oakland did was they said, we'll give you a new, we'll rip that up. We'll give you a new three-year deal, 54 mil, and we'll give you 30 million guaranteed, which I think was the equivalent of what Antonio Brown had left total in the three years with Pittsburgh. Only again, with Pittsburgh, it wasn't guaranteed. So, Oakland basically said that 30 mil that you had for three years in Pittsburgh will make that 30 million guaranteed here with the new contract. Tony Brown was like, okay, I get out of Pittsburgh and I get 30 million guaranteed. All the money I was going to make in Pittsburgh, I get that guaranteed right away with, with Oakland. Well, now, Oakland on Saturday morning, they're trying to take those guarantees away. And Tony Brown posts an Instagram that says, release me, release me. And now when the Raiders do release him, Antonio Brown posts a video of himself celebrating running around his backyard, running around his in-ground pool, his beautiful in-ground pool, celebrating losing out on $30 million. This is a different type of crazy person. Okay? Like, this is a different type of asshole. I can't even understand it at this point. Seeing him celebrate running around the backyard, I'm going, (laughs) this guy has lost his mind. He's a different type of asshole, okay? He's a crazy—this is—this person is crazy. Patriots, please do not do this. I know you've done this many times before, but my tweet (laughs) after this was, Patriots, do not do this. And— as it turned out to be one of the most unbelievable, believable things we've ever seen in sports, the Patriots did it. They signed Antonio Brown to a one-year deal, $15 million, $10 million guaranteed. Antonio Brown couldn't play in week one on Sunday Night Football, and the Patriots didn't need him. That's the funniest part of the whole thing. Patriots sent Antonio Brown. They don't even fucking need the guy. They just stomped the Pittsburgh Steelers. They made the Pittsburgh Steelers look like an XFL team. If it's going to look like that, not just offensively, defensively, your John Jones looks like maybe one of their best defenders, if not the best. I mean, it's what the Patriots look like right now. They didn't even have Demarius Thomas. They didn't even have Kyle Van Noy defensively. They lost an offensive lineman, Marcus Cannon. Antonio Brown didn't play um am i missing someone else i feel like i'm missing someone else who didn't play either the patriots the funniest part is they don't even need antonio brown yet they still brought him in but that's just another reason like i try i'm trying to piece this all together because again the two things patriots sign antonio brown is one of two things either they've lost their minds which i don't think you can say they they did i don't think you could say the patriots have lost their minds they haven't they be but it It's an option. They've either lost their minds or all these things that Antonio Brown has been doing, looking like this crazy person, looking like this different type of crazy, this different type of asshole that the Patriots should stay so far away from. That was all just a plan. Antonio Brown's not that crazy. He was just being advised. These are the things you need to do. These are the crazy things we're going to have to do to get the hell out of Oakland and get to New England, which was our preferred destination in the first place. I'm going number two. I'm going with the elaborate scheme. And if we're going with the elaborate, elaborate scheme, then you know what? How can I be mad at that? As a Patriots fan, how can I be mad at that? Right? How can I be mad at that? It's basically like how and I'm trying you try to relate it to something. Um, I think Oakland Raiders fans should feel like Boston Celtics fans. Only Oakland Raiders fans should be that much more upset. At least Kyrie Irving stuck it out the rest of his contract and played for the Celtics. And, and, and didn't do things to have the Celtics go, wow, we just got to get rid of this guy. Like Antonio Brown was doing things with Oakland where they're like, man, we just got to get rid of him. I'm not knocking the Oakland Raiders. If I'm going to knock Oakland for anything, maybe it's for not doing all the investigative work they needed to do before trading for him, before giving up a third and a fifth round pick. It's, you know, they didn't give him any money, really. They didn't give him that he doesn't, Antonio Brown doesn't get the $30 million guaranteed. If I'm going to knock Oakland for anything, maybe it's going into the trade. Let's find out where Antonio Brown really wants to be. Who else was trying to trade for Antonio Brown? Was there interest with Antonio Brown with someone else? You gotta, be, I, you have to. But but again, it's it's still even that it's still tough to knock Oakland. John Gruden was saying all the right things. Um, they had to get rid of him. Oakland Raiders fans should kind of feel like Celtics fans. Only Oakland Raiders fans should be more pissed off because Celtics fans got Kyrie and and the the comparison with Kyrie. And Antonio Brown is that Kyrie Irving wanted out of a place he wanted out of the out of Cleveland, but he had a preferred destination in his head that preferred destination, as we come to find out is the Brooklyn Nets, right The Nets the team he grew grew up rooting for. they were the you know the New Jersey Nets, but still the team he wanted to go to Brooklyn he wanted to go play for the Nets that that's that was the plan that was the plan in Kyrie Irving's head. And he had that plan when he wanted out of Cleveland. He got traded to the Celtics. Kyrie Irving never said, I want to play for the Celtics. He got traded to the Celtics. Where I give Kyrie Irving some credit, I guess, is he didn't act like Antonio Brown and force his way out before his contract was up, right? He played. Kyrie Irving played it out and then left as a free agent. Okay. Antonio Brown wanted out of Pittsburgh. Did he want to go to Oakland? Not necessarily. (laughs) I think we find out now. Hell no, he didn't want to go to Oakland. He ended up in Oakland, though. But he just wanted out of Pittsburgh. But there was maybe a preferred destination in his head. The New England Patriots. I just think this was an elaborate scheme. So you get to Oakland, and look, as we find out, don't tell me this is a crazy idea. Because there was a report yesterday that said Antonio Brown had talked to a social media company to get advice on on how to use his social media to get out of Oakland, to get out of Oakland. These are all things that Antonio Brown did. This was on ESPN. He was talking to a social media company that gave him advice on things that he should do. To get out of his contract with the Raiders. That would force the Raiders to want to cut him. And it worked. All this stuff worked. He was using social media. He was using Instagram. He was using YouTube. Think about all the videos that he posted. All the posts. Everything kind of contradicted itself too. He was acting like a crazy person. A lot of us were looking at this going. and Look, you can't crush us for calling this guy an asshole. As that all played out. But I guess when you take a couple steps back, and you think about it, it it kind of makes sense that this was an elaborate scheme. Because the helmet thing, like, that just didn't make any sense. You know how he- the helmet thing makes sense? Is if it was one of these crazy ideas. It was almost too crazy and too stupid to mispractice because of a helmet? Figure it out. Figure it out. You got equipment managers. You got people there. I mean, come on. You're taking big hits in practice. No, you're running out, running routes, you know, getting familiar with your new quarterback. I mean, come on. A helmet? Let's be be real. That was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. A little too ridiculous, wasn't it? It was a little too ridiculous. And what I can't, another thing I can't get over is Antonio Brown celebrating Losing out on $30 million. What is that all about? What is that all about? Who celebrates losing out on $30 million? You know who celebrates losing out on $30 million? A guy who ends up getting what he ultimately wanted in the first place, which was a contract to play with the New England Patriots. And when he's running around the backyard celebrating, losing out on $30 million, the only way you can explain that as a human being is that is a guy who already knows there's a plan in place to get what he wants. And to get what you want is not to lose out on $30 million. No, that's not what he's celebrating. He's celebrating just being, getting out of Oakland but also going to a place that he knows there's a deal in place. I'm telling you right now, this was an elaborate scheme for a long time. I'm telling you, it was. And if you're Oakland, you should be pissed. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you should be pissed. We talk a lot about how the league wants to investigate things with the Patriots. Honestly, if they wanted to investigate tampering or something now I I roll my eyes with tampering because it happens in every sport and I don't think there's a way to stop it in this day and age with technology I just don't think there's a way to stop it the only way you can try to maybe manage it is by punishing teams that you catch tampering if you catch a team tampering out of all the crazy things the NFL has investigated the Patriots on and a lot of it's been crazy We've reacted to it. I'm not going to go back into it. But out of all the things they've investigated the Patriots on, if they investigated the Patriots on tampering with Antonio Brown and going back to, I don't know, when he was with Pittsburgh, I think that they, I don't think that would be a crazy investigation. I don't. Based on how this thing all played out. I mean, it, Antonio Brown wasn't even a free, how long was he a free agent for? And then they come up with this deal? Then the Patriots come up with this deal for this crazy asshole? No. No. Maybe he just, maybe he's not, I was wrong calling him a crazy asshole. This was just an elaborate scheme. They had this planned for months. The Patriots, reportedly from Mike Giotti, NFL Network reports yesterday, and then it was confirmed again by ESPN, the Patriots, and you know what, there was a recording with Drew Rosenhaus, wasn't there, where he said The Patriots were trying to trade for Antonio Brown, but Pittsburgh wouldn't do it because they wouldn't trade him to a rival. So the Patriots had interest there. So how do you get Antonio Brown if you're the Patriots? Well, you wait until Antonio Brown gets traded. You talk to Drew Rosenhaus. And oh yeah, Drew Rosenhaus, the agent for Rob Gronkowski, a guy who had one year left on his deal, who retired early. Drew Rosenhaus, here he is, giving the Patriots a little, I owe you one. Ah, Gronk's done but I owe you one don't worry we'll make this happen we're gonna do some crazy shit in Oakland they will have no choice but to get rid of this guy to just cut him he's gonna lose out on his 30 million guaranteed but that's fine what's the deal you got one year 15 10 million guaranteed okay 9 million signing bonus okay to play with Tom Brady okay yeah here's I I owe you one with Gronk we'll get you Antonio Brown Antonio wants to be a Patriot we'll make this happen we'll do some crazy shit we won't practice because he doesn't like his helmet. We'll post stuff on social media. We are talking to a social media company that is advising us on how to do crazy shit. <laughs> that That's the only explanation that makes sense to me. Yeah, It is. It's the only—because I don't think if Antonio Brown was as crazy as he showed— over the last two weeks with the Oakland Raiders, with the helmet, with the social media posts, posts with, you know, <laughs> going after Mike May. What are you going after Mike Mayock for? You didn't show up. You missed practice because of a helmet. You left training camp multiple times. Then you gave an emotional speech to the team apologizing. Then you... you secretly tape a conversation with your coach, the guy who's had your back the whole time, and you post that on, on YouTube? You think that's a good idea? You're crazy. The Patriots are going to waste no time in giving this guy $10 million, giving this crazy asshole $10 million right away? If the Patriots actually believed he was this crazy, I am telling you right now, they would not even consider him. They wouldn't. I know talent the Patriots can prove that maybe talent trumps all and they can get the most talented players as selfish as they may be to buy into the Patriot way. They've proven that. History shows it. I get it. But the Antonio Brown stuff for the last two weeks has been a different type of crazy. It's been a different type of crazy. So much so that if Antonio Brown was actually that crazy, as crazy as he was showing, if that was not an act or not a ploy or not an elaborate scheme to get out of Oakland to New England, then the Patriots have lost their minds. And I don't think the Patriots have lost their minds because I don't think the Patriots would go anywhere near Antonio Brown if he was actually as crazy as he's shown the last two weeks. So the only way this makes sense is if option number two is the correct option, which I'm going to say today it is, is that Antonio Brown to the New England Patriots was an elaborate scheme that Drew Rosenhaus, Bill Belichick, and Antonio Brown had known for months. And the Oakland Raiders should be legitimately pissed off at this and you know another reason how I know this was an elaborate scheme or I'm going with that option to reason with all this is John Gruden this is before this is on Saturday before Antonio Brown officially signed with the Patriots or before like the reports even came out John Gruden had to address that the team was releasing Antonio Brown. And again, this is a day after John Gruden's voice was on this recording where he's basically telling Antonio Brown to cut the shit and play football. Gruden, again, said all the right things. But there's a common theme in this audio clip that I'm about to play for you. There's a common theme in this audio clip. Listen for that common theme. Here's John Gruden talking about Antonio Brown after the Oakland Raiders released him and before we found out Antonio Brown was signing with the Patriots, here's John Gruden.
1: You know, we just have exhausted everything. We, we tried every way possible to make it work. And all I'm going to say is, uh, you know, it's disappointing. I'm really proud, really proud of our players, our coaches, our owner, our front office. We did everything we could to make this work. And... Uh, you know i i am sorry it didn't i apologize but i will tell you i am very proud of what we did as an organization to try and i wish antonio nothing but the best uh, you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get into the emotions i think i said the other day it's been an emotional thing for me it's very hopeful about what he could bring here unfortunately it's not going to happen and I, I tell you he's a good guy he's misunderstood by a lot of people but he is a good guy uh, he's a great player, and I hope he gets what he's looking for. And I'm, I'm going to close it with that. We, we got a lot to be excited about as we build our team. Unfortunately, this has overshadowed a, a lot of great performances by young people who have put themselves in position to start their career on Monday Night Football. Uh, and I'm sorry to the Raider fans, but again, I, I really want to thank our football players, Mark Davis and Mayock and all of us. You know, we did try to make it work, and um, you know, hopefully he finds what he's looking for.
0: Hopefully he finds what he's looking for. That's the theme. That's the theme. He's a misunderstood guy, and hopefully he finds what he's looking for. Gruden said that multiple times in this press conference as he was standing up in front of the media outdoors on Saturday after they released Antonio Brown. After all the bullshit Antonio Brown put them through, all the drama, And all the things that it really interfered with. And it did, interfere. of course it interfered with what they were trying to do as an organization. I'd be pissed if I were John Gruden. But he's standing there going, he's a misunderstood guy, and I hope he gets what he's looking for. So even John Gruden in that press conference is acknowledging that Antonio Brown did not want to be an Oakland Raider. That he was looking for something else this whole time. And that he's misunderstood. Well, why is he misunderstood? If he really is the asshole that he showed <laughs> with the things he was doing with the Raiders over the last couple of weeks, I don't think John Gruden would be standing there going, oh, he's misunderstood. I hope he gets what he's looking for. I don't think so. I think John Gruden, by saying, I hope he gets what he's looking for, I think he's acknowledging that Antonio Brown didn't want to be a Raider. And... He wanted something else. And at that time of that press conference, he wasn't a Patriot yet. So he couldn't say he wants to be a Patriot. But I think maybe by the sounds of that, John Gruden probably nods his head and goes, yeah, that's what he wanted the whole time. And I'm not the only one coming up with this theory. A lot of people are thinking this. You know, I watched a lot of the uh, pregame stuff yesterday on Sunday. And a lot of analysts were like, wow, this was an inside job. And I, I think they're right with that. I think it was. I think it was. I think Antonio Brown wanted to play for the Patriots. I think Drew Rosenhaus, there's a connection there with the, uh, you know, with some of the players he represents already. With Gronkowski calling it quits early. A little, I owe you one, I told you. Drew Rosenhaus, hey, Bill, we owe you one. I owe you one. Don't worry. How about Antonio Brown? He wants to play for the Patriots. Could you make that happen? If we get out of this deal with Oakland, I know Pittsburgh won't trade him to you. I know you try to trade for Antonio Brown. We'll let Oakland give up a third and a fifth. You know, we'll do some crazy shit at training camp. But I just want you to know that crazy shit is... We're only doing that for one reason. To get released to become a Patriot. thats We're not really this crazy. So we'll get released. And then you'll sign Antonio Brown, right? What's the deal? What's the contract you've given? One year? 15 mil? 10 million? Can you give him 10 million guaranteed for one year to play with Tom Brady? And then we'll see what happens. Can you do that? All right then we'll go act crazy and we'll get, we'll get kicked out of Oakland. Like, to me, that's what happened. That's what happened. And if that's what happened, and Antonio Brown is not the asshole that I thought he was and was tweeting about over the weekend and was tweeting about for the last couple of weeks and was saying on the show for the last couple of weeks, then as, the, as a Patriots fan, I will tell you that if he really is buying into the Patriot way, and this was all just a ploy and an elaborate scheme to become a New England Patriot, how can I possibly be mad at Antonio Brown? Now, if you're the rest of the league, you should be bullshit. And, you know, we'll do this thing in New England. We'll, we, we'll hear people crushing the Patriots. And we'll take it personal and, and, and we'll say, well, this is just what happens when you have a winning organization. And this is what happens when you have a winning organization. And this would be part of the... Patriot way, you know, the way this thing keeps going with these selfish players coming over and wanting to play. Um, but I think this is one of those moments where everybody else will have a point. Like <laughs> You're saying it's, it's bullshit, it was an inside job? You kind of have an argument to be pissed at the Patriots and to call for the league to investigate it. I mean, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm calling to investigate it. If I'm the Raiders, the Raiders might just want to be like, oh, that was a headache. Let's just move on. Acknowledge the mistake. You you know, you're not giving them any money. Is there, is there something you could do to get a, a compensation pick, draft pick or something if you're Oakland? If you find out there was tampering, I don't, maybe. There's something you can do. But uh, the only way this Antonio Brown and the Patriots thing makes sense You know, of course you're going to have people going, well, why wouldn't they want him? He's one of the best receivers in the league. It's like, well, were you paying attention the last two weeks to what he was doing in Oakland? It was crazy. It was insane. If he's that crazy and the Patriots signed him, knowing he's that crazy, then the Patriots have lost their minds. I don't think they've lost their minds. And the way this all adds up, the reports that you hear, and I feel like I'm forgetting something that happened over the weekend too. I feel something happened that I'm forgetting. Again, the things I can't get over. The things I cannot get over. And I've said this in the show multiple times. The helmet thing just seemed too ri- a little too ridiculous. Just seemed a little t- too ridiculous and crazy. Um, That Gruden audio that I played you, where he basically acknowledges, hey, you know what? I hope he finds what he's looking for. Because he's looking for something else. He, he, he wasn't looking for this. He wasn't looking for this. He wanted to get out of Pittsburgh, but what we found out was he wasn't looking for this right here. I hope he finds what he's looking for. And the other thing, that I can't get over, and this might be the biggest one when it comes to ways to prove that this was an elaborate scheme between Rosenhaus, Antonio Brown, and Bill Belichick for a long time, is you have a guy running around his yard celebrating losing out on $30 guarantee. guaranteed. Celebrating that. Celebrating it. Just losing out on $30 million. He's celebrating that. Who celebrates that? Nobody that I know (laughs) celebrates that. Here's who celebrates it. A guy who, like Gruden says, ends up finding what he's looking for. And what Antonio Brown ended up finding was exactly what he was looking for, which was a contract with the New England Patriots. Something that Pittsburgh wouldn't give him because Pittsburgh wouldn't trade him to New England. So when they traded him to Oakland... Antonio Brown and Drew Rosenhaus are like, well, at least we got the fuck out of Pittsburgh. But now, how do we take this to the next level? How do we get to the Patriots? How do we do what so many other players have wanted to do and play with Tom Brady and win with New England and be a part of that dynasty? How do we get there? Well, I think we just saw the, I think we just saw a play out in front of our own eyes. And, was someone like myself too stupid to realize at the time as I sat here and crushed Antonio Brown the last couple weeks? Was I too stupid at the time to understand that it was a ploy to get to the Patriots? Maybe. But I mean, man, if you watch that play out, it was crazy. But here we are. He's a Patriot. And there's a new little wrinkle to the contract, too, by the way, as of this Monday morning, September 9th. The new little wrinkle, according to Adam Schefter, the ESPN, is that the Patriots have added an option year for Antonio Brown for 2020 for next season at 20 million guaranteed if it's executed? I assume this is a team option. They're not going to give him the player option. This is probably a team option. If if the option is executed by the Patriots, they'll give him a uh, 20 million guaranteed for next season. Um, so. The reason they did that was for salary cap purposes. You know, the whole deferral of money, extending the length of the contract. We saw that with the Brady contract. There's ways the Patriots know how to manipulate and make room in the cap. At the end of the day, the Patriots are going to do what the Patriots are going to do. And what they just did was add one of the best wide receivers in football. And what it's looking like it is, and this is really the only way I accept this I accept this signing is if this actually was an elaborate scheme, and it's just all signs point to that being the case. When you contact a company to advise you on how to use social media to get your ass out of a contract with a, with another team, that tells me there's a method to your madness, and that you're not just mad and crazy. There's, there's, there's something else here. There's a plan. There's a reason you're acting crazy. And it's not because you're crazy. There's another goal that you're trying to, to reach. There's another place you want to be. As John Gruden says, there's something else that he's looking for. And John Gruden hopes he finds it. It looks like Antonio Brown wasted no time finding it because the Patriots wasted no time signing him. And it was just so quick. It was like, oh, he gets released. Gruden talks. Well, Patriots. They already he's already agreed to a deal with the Patriots. When did he agree to that deal? Realistically, did he just agree to that on Saturday? I don't know. <laughs> I'm willing to bet. No, this was a plan for a long time, and you can't convince me that it wasn't. Uh, you know, here's when. And I'll if I, I'll be wrong if Antonio Brown shows up late to practice in two weeks, because then he's getting cut. Then he isn't, you know, then the craziness is like, then we're back to him being a crazy person. I'm just giving the Patriots, this is where we start to give the Patriots the benefit of the doubt. We start to acknowledge that there's no way, because you watch again on Sunday Night Football against Pittsburgh, Patriots don't need Antonio Brown. And that's part of the reason I said Patriots don't do this. You don't need this. You don't need this crazy person in your your life. You don't need him. Nobody feels bad for Antonio Brown, but all those things that I felt and that a lot of others felt about Antonio Brown before he signed with the Patriots, you know, I think we need to reevaluate the way we feel if that's not actually the way Antonio Brown is. If it was all an act to get out of Oakland, then we have, as, as an analyst, and as somebody who has an opinion on everything that the Patriots do and everything that pro athletes do, I think I have a right to reevaluate my stance on the person who wasn't acting completely genuine. Especially if that person wasn't acting completely genuine because he wanted to get to the team that I root for. (laughs) So, it obviously changes the way I think a lot of people here in this town feel about him if that was the plan. And I just think that was the plan. I think there was a plan here. I think it was an elaborate scheme. You can't convince me otherwise. It was a plan. And Antonio Brown's a Patriot. And uh, the funniest part about the whole thing is they don't even need him. <sighs> Sorry, I had to take a drink. They don't even need him. They don't even need him. So uh, we'll see. Will he play in week two? They won't need. You think you're going to need him in Miami? <laughs> that's a, you know that's the other part of it. If he does show up late or whatever, they just cut his ass. They just cut him. But if this was the the plan, then Antonio Brown's going to be fine and it's going to work out. And the Patriots have an opportunity to do something very special. And not just because of their offense. You saw their defense on Sunday night. A 33-3 win over Pittsburgh. And the Steelers... Now... Obviously, the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, making decisions. You get down to, like, the one-yard line and you're going to kick a field goal? I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. That's just a perfect example of the... Re- you know, there's the Patriots and then there's the rest of the NFL. Um, But the Patriots are just in a different league. And you look at their schedule. They're in Miami now in Week 2. This Sunday, 1 o'clock, the Miami Dolphins just got annihilated by the Baltimore Ravens. You thought the Patriots beating the Steelers was bad Sunday night? Baltimore beat Miami in Miami even worse. Lamar Jackson threw five touchdown passes. That's right, threw five touchdown passes for 324 yards, 17 of 20, 59 points. The Baltimore scored 42 points in the first half. They led 42 to 10 at the half. My goodness, Miami is awful. They got shut out in the second half. And uh, there are reports that Dolphins players calling their agents, trying to get out of Miami already after week one. What are the Patriots going to do to them? What's the spread here? I, I think I read 14.5 Patriots, a 14.5-point favorite. As I'm looking right now, it seems to be off the board. I don't know the reason for that. Maybe it's because the whole Antonio Brown, we don't necessarily know exactly. What that's if he's gonna play or not. But uh I expect this to be at least 17 by kickoff, if not 20, a 20 point spread Sunday at one o'clock in Miami. Right? At least 17, maybe a twenty point spread. But after that, Patriots, then they they're at home against the Jets? Did you watch the Jets and the Bills? Yesterday? On Sunday? The Jets. You know, they're going to be looking for a new field goal kicker, I assume. Um, And the Bills are brutal, too. You got the Jets, then the Bills. Then you got Washington. Washington just blew a lead in week one against Philly. I was wondering what was going on there with Washington and Philly, in Philly. Washington jumped out with an early lead, and then Philly came back and did what Philly should have done to Washington. Um, So Washington blew that. And then he got the Giants. Did you see the Giants against the Cowboys yesterday? (laughs) And They they threw the kid Daniel Jones in at the end of the game. And he does his best Eli Manning impression by scrambling, running out of the pocket, and then refusing to slide. Does like a little fake half dive. Half commits to a dive. Fumbles the football. I tell you right now, the Giants, and I bet the Giants. I did. I took them plus seven and a half, as I told you with Picks Picks on Thursday. And it turned out to be a bad bet. But the Giants got off to a great start. Saquon Barkley, you know, you get the touchdown, 7-0 to begin that game in Dallas. And, and then you get away from Saquon Barkley. Like the, so the coach, if the Giants wanted to fire the coach and trade Eli Manning before week two, that might be a good decision for the Giants. Because Eli Manning's rubbing off on Daniel Jones. You could see with that fumble. Get Eli Manning. As far away from Daniel Jones as possible. Just go to Daniel Jones. Trade Eli to Jacksonville, which was always the rumor because Jacksonville needs a quarterback. Nick Foles got injured. Broken clavicle. He gets hit hard. He comes down hard on that shoulder, on that clavicle. He's out indefinitely. Jacksonville needs a quarterback. Jacksonville got whooped by Kansas City. Uh, Send Eli to Jacksonville. Reunite him with Tom Coughlin. And... Get Daniel Jones as far away. Get Eli Manning as far away from Daniel Jones as possible. You want to fire your coach after week one? Go ahead. Because that was a, a joke, what happened with the Giants. And I'm a little more upset with it because I took the Giants plus seven and a half. And the way that game started, it looked good for me taking the points. And then they just choked. I mean, credit where credit's due to Dak Prescott. He was dropping it in the bucket all game long. In the bucket all game long. But um, anyways, the Patriots play the Giants in week six. Then they play the Jets again. Then they got Cleveland. Cleveland loses at home to Tennessee. I think Cleveland will turn it around and be a good team this year. But I think, and you know what? That might be a good thing. Tennessee punched them in the mouth. You know, I think Cleveland needed that. Too much talking. Too much showboating. Too little football. Not enough W's for that much showboating in Cleveland. You unlock the Bud Light fridges and you think you can just go nuts running them out? No. Lock those fridges up. I t- retweeted Mike Napoli tweeted that. I'm stealing that from Mike Napoli. Said it's time for Cleveland to lock those fridges up again. They should. Um, but I think that oh, I think that might be a good thing, what happened to them. What happened to Cleveland. Getting punched in the mouth like that week one at home. That could be a good thing. So that still could be a tough game in Week 8. Uh, and then Week 9 in Baltimore, you just saw Baltimore's good. They whooped Miami. But still, maybe that's a sign of how bad Miami is. And then you get the bye in Week 10. And then you get the the post buy portion of the schedule, which is very difficult in Philly, at home against Dallas, in Houston, at home against Kansas City. Um, and then in Cincinnati, Cincinnati maybe looking. They put up a fight in Seattle. I didn't see that coming. But maybe, I don't know if that's just, maybe Seattle's not going to be as good as I thought they were. Uh, anyways, we look at that part of the schedule and we think Gronk still, right? People still think Gronk. You know, people see the Antonio Brown stuff and they're like, well, what? they're so dominant right now. Would've, imagine how dominant they're going to be if Antonio Brown and Gronk play late in the season. By the time you get to the bye or after the bye. We, you know, the bye's week 10. You get to week 11 in Philly. You got Gronk and Antonio Brown and Demarius Thomas, and Julian Edelman, and Josh Gordon. (laughs) Like, will Gronk come back? Well, here's the part about it that, you know, I I get back into the elaborate scheme and how this was a ploy for a long time. They've been talking about this, Drew Rosenhaus, Bill Belichick. And I said it's it's one of those I owe you ones from Drew Rosenhaus. He owes Belichick something for Gronk. Rosenhaus owes Belichick one year of something because Gronk called the quits early. Not playing out their contract, retiring. And that's not a, I'm not using that to knock Gronk. I'm just giving facts. If that was some type of agreement that Rosenhaus and Belichick had, I could see that. And in a way, if that was the case, then maybe the Antonio Brown thing, this little one-year deal, this little I owe you one, I owe you one year or something. Maybe this actually is confirmation that Gronk is done. I mean, I think if you're Gronk, look, you're, you're there last night. You raised the banner. You're spiking footballs. I think he's going to get that itch. I think that's human nature. Gronk is going to get that itch. I'm telling you right now. He's going to get that itch. I just don't. I don't know with Antonio Brown in the, in the fold now. If, if the reasons for it, are the way I'm looking at it, are true. That it was an elaborate scheme. Then maybe this is just a, I owe you one because Gronk retired. And maybe it's confirmation that Gronk's not coming back. Um. But if the Patriots are running the table like this. If somebody does go down. Like, I know it seems all perfect right now. But you do have to keep an eye on the offensive line. Marcus Cannon did get injured. And that could be a tough one to lose. I, I do believe in Dante Skarniecki, that he can coach someone up to step in, next man up. I believe that. We've seen it with this offensive line. We're seeing it right now with the new left tackle and Isaiah Wynn. Had a nice game last time. But I, right now it looks perfect. Can you expect this to be perfect? I think that's unrealistic. you got to expect guys are going to get banged up. As good as it looks like, like right now, I, I just think I'm not going to sit here and say this. it's going to be a perfect season. It's just, it's tough to predict that. It's just unrealistic. Something might go wrong. Someone might get hurt. Someone's going to pull something, miss a couple weeks. Who knows what it looks like in week 10. The Patriots might, some couple things might happen. The Patriots might be begging Gronk to come back by week 10. So I don't, I don't know. Antonio Brown, maybe he, he posts something about Belichick on Instagram and they cut him. I have no idea. And Patriots, you know, maybe Josh Gordon fails the test again. Maybe the Patriots are begging for Gronk to come back Week 10. It's a long season. So, I, because of all that, I'm not going to... I just can't close the door on a Gronk return. Even though I just told you maybe the Antonio Brown thing seems like it was a an I, I owe you one plan. Because he, it's this, Drew Rosenhaus represents both Antonio Brown and Gronk. But, again, Gronk's going to get that itch. And who knows what the Patriots look like by Week 9 or 10. Who knows? What I, what I know is the Patriots look dominant right now. They look dominant right now. And uh, against Pittsburgh on Sunday night, it really was over. You got the sense, like, after the Josh Gordon touchdown, after the Josh Gordon touchdown in the first quarter, and their what, their second possession, after that touchdown, you got the sense that this game was over. Right? This game was over after that. 7 nothing, it's over. Over. You just got that sense. Like, Pittsburgh did not have what it takes to beat the Patriots. And the Patriots were just getting started in that game with the Josh Gordon touchdown. And uh, it's just, it's been a crazy couple days. It's been a crazy 20 years for the New England Patriots. And I'm sitting there on my couch yesterday, watching the pregame shows, thinking about how good the Patriots could be, watching the Jets-Bills game. Uh, I'm watching the, the Lions blow that lead and lose to Arizona, you know, but excuse me, they didn't lose to Arizona another time. They tied. It felt like it was a loss for me because I picked Detroit minus two and a half. So that's why I say it was a loss. So you, you basically lost if you Detroit, even though it was a tie, it was basically a loss because you blew that game. You blew the game. Okay, you had a 17. what do you have? They had a 24 to six lead in the third quarter. You lose, man. But you're watching this stuff play out. You're watching how bad the Giants are, right? You're watching the Seahawks at home get get taken to the to the final whistle by Cincinnati. You're watching the Colts without Andrew Luck take the Charges to overtime. Um. You know, you're just looking around at the league going. What we have here in New England is something that is so special. When it's over, I mean, it is going to be, I'm telling you right now, I don't know that I'm going to watch the NFL. I, <laughs> I'm i dead serious. It's never going to get better than this. So, but it's like, it's coming whether it's three years, it could be two years. Whenever Brady's done, yeah, Belichick's going to have a couple of years, I think, to try to win with maybe Stidham or who knows? Maybe it's someone else. Maybe there's some other drama that that unfolds here in the next couple of years. But it's still never going to be the same without Brady and Belichick together. It's never going to be the same. And it's so good that I think we take it for granted that I'm sitting on my couch there yesterday watching this all play out, another week one to begin a season, and I'm just thinking to myself, and I was scaring myself. You know, I, was, I was making myself panic, thinking about what it's going to be like in three, four years, five years from now, maybe even sooner, what it's going to be like when I'm sitting here going into a week one of a season thinking to myself, wow. Uh, the odds are not very good that the Patriots win a Super Bowl. <laughs> like, who knows what this team is going to be. We know the Patriots are going to win the division every year. We know that they have a great shot to be in the conference championship, which means they're one of the final four teams left in the playoffs. We know that the coach and the quarterback are going to put this team in position, regardless of the other pieces around them. They're going to put this Patriots team in position. Well, we are going to have a fun time watching the Patriots. We are going to have a good time. This is going to be a good football team. I was sitting there on the couch yesterday thinking, man, what's it going to be like when we don't have that confidence? Is it going to be fun? Will I even want to watch? Maybe I'll watch like the first year after Brady's gone. Will I watch the second year? Will I even watch the NFL? It's crazy to think. But i it, it's part of the process of embracing it. I think sometimes you need to think about those things. You need to think about what it's going to be like when Brady and Belichick are gone in order to continue to embrace what you have because it gets easy to get spoiled. It's easy to get spoiled here with this team. And you see it again on Sunday Night Football. I mean, it's almost like you're not even interested at some point because the game's over by the half. And you're like, oh, now you got Miami next week. I mean, we're looking at the schedule right now. I just went through the first seven games the next 6 games, Miami, the Jets, Buffalo, Washington, the Giants, the Jets. <laughs> like it's to a point where if if you t- if you really kept taking this for granted and it's easy to do in this town and and become spoiled and it's easy easy to do in this town, it's easy to be not interested in the Patriots because they're so dominant. And to make sure you you continue to embrace the dominance and don't become bored with it, you have to sit there I think at times and think about what's it going to look like when Brady and Belichick are gone. What's that going to look like? You have to do it. And I did it. And it's a scary thought. But it brings it back. Let's embrace this. This has the makings of what could be a very special season. And you hope, my hope is that my theory as conspiracy theory-ish as it may seem to you my hope is that it's the right theory, that it's correct. Because uh you know, if Antonio Brown is going deep for Tom Brady, man. Man, that's gonna be nuts. That's gonna be nuts. That's gonna be nuts. So uh that's what it looked like for the Patriots. What a wild weekend. Um you look at the rest of the league. I'll get to my picks, I guess. Uh, every Thursday, I give you two sets of picks. I give you the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge, which you can find the standings at Podcast PodcastOneSportsNet.com. That's just straight-up winners. You pick five games. I picked the Patriots, the Browns, the Vikings, the Eagles, and the Seahawks. So I went 4-1 and one there with the winners. The only game I got wrong was Cleveland. But like I said, I think for Cleveland, I think... You know, you get punched in the mouth early. I don't think that's a bad thing. In fact, I think that might be a good thing for you. Humbles you a little bit. And you should embrace that humbling moment if you're Cleveland. All right? Embrace it. But I went 4-1. Um, picks, picks. Against the spread. I went 3-2. and two. Man, I really thought I was going to have that Detroit game. I took Detroit minus 2.5. They end up tying, which means I lose. I took Kansas City minus three and a half. I got that right. Uh, I took the Giants plus seven and a half. It looked good after the opening Giants drive. And then they blew it. They sucked. So I lose that. So I lose Detroit minus two and a half. And I lose Giants plus seven and a half. What I get right is Kansas City minus three and a half over Jacksonville. What I got right was San Francisco. I got them as a pick them on Thursday over Tampa Bay. In Tampa Bay, San Fran won 31-17. and then my lock of the week was Patriots minus five and a half. So they obviously win that they cover. So I went three and two. So above five hundred to begin the season, I'll take it. But man, I really thought I was going to be at least four and one. Really thought I'd be able to pound my chest today at four and one. I can't pound my chest at three and two. You can pound your chest at four and one, right? Pound your chest at four and one, but not three and two. Not three and two. On Thursday, I'll give my picks for week two in the NFL on this Monday night. You got two games. Houston in New Orleans. New Orleans a seven-point favorite at home. And then you got at ten o'clock, Oakland at home, getting no respect as a two and a half point dog at home against Denver. Denver, the road favorite there. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Two games on Monday, and then the Thursday night game this week. Week two begins with Tampa Bay in Carolina. Carolina, a six-and-a-half point favorite at home as of right now in that NFC South battle. So uh, that's what we got with the NFL. An exciting week one, an emotionally somewhat draining week one, a lot going on, especially here in New England, as I just talked about. But, um, you know, you think, hey, Patriots get to win. Around midnight, that game ends, you know, going to go to bed, laying in bed, got sports out of playing while I'm laying in bed. And you're like, hey, I'm just going to, you know, I'm happy for the win, Get get a good night's sleep, come in studio today, react to the NFL, and then you get breaking news right as you're about to go to sleep, that the Red Sox fire Dave Dombrowski the president of baseball operations, the Red Sox, they lose to the Yankees on Sunday Night Baseball, and then they fire Dombrowski at midnight. I think it was after midnight. I'm sit- I'm-, I'm, laying in bed watching Sports Center, kind of dozing off, and then I just see this big breaking news thing on the bottom, and they put it in red. You know, it gets your attention. Breaking news, Red Sox fire Dave Dombrowski. So, Look, this, this is a move that people had teased over the last couple weeks. People in this town have teased that Dombrowski and the Red Sox would go their separate ways, uh, that Dombrowski maybe wasn't talking to many people in the Red Sox organization. He had his close circle, which was just Tony La Russa and Frank Wren, and then there was really nobody else that he communicated with. Dombrowski had one year left on his deal next year. The Red Sox go from World Series champ to not making the playoffs. And I get that in a town like this, where we are spoiled and we think about only championships, when you don't make the playoffs, it's a big deal. But I don't know. I get a tough time today. Like, I'm not sure how you can sit here today and crush Dave Dombrowski. If you're a Red Sox fan, like, I'm just not sure how you can do it. And what's your reasoning for crushing Dombrowski today? What is it? Is it he gave too much money to. He signed Chris Sale to a, a contract that was too large, and obviously now he's got some health issues with that arm? Is that it? Is it you gave too much money to Nathan Avaldi? The guy who helped you, two guys that helped you win a World Series? Is that it? How I many. Are you still hung up on the David Press contract? Is that it? What? You don't like Xander Bogart's contract? Is that it? What is it? Like, because Dave Dombrowski, let's not sound like complete complete spoiled assholes in this town. I just went in that don't be spoiled rant. Dave Dombrowski put together a World Series champion. And not only a World Series champion, he put together one of the most dominant teams in Major League Baseball history. He signed David Price. He traded for Chris Sale. He went out and traded for Nathan Avaldi. He brought in you know, your guy last year, Craig Kimbrell, right? Kimbrell was a Dombrowski signing. I think he might have been his first. Um, I think he might have been his first. That was a trade, right? That was a trade. Uh, you know, Dombr- look, the, the, my point is Dombrowski made major moves to get big-name impact players into the Red Sox organization that resulted in... Division championship after division championship and ultimately a World Series with one of the more dominant teams, one of the most dominant teams in the history of the league. That was Dombrowski's creation. We're not even a full calendar year removed from that World Series championship. And you got people who are upset with Dave Dombrowski. If you're upset with Dave Dombrowski, you sound like a spoiled asshole. I think you need to reevaluate everything about... Where we should be as sports fans, like this is a guy that won you a championship, that won the Red Sox a championship. We're gonna sit here and be upset with that? I got a problem with it. Now, like I said, Dombrowski had one year left on his deal. One year left on his deal. We heard rumors that this, you know, there was maybe some, there was some issues with Dombrowski and ownership. You could talk about the money that he gave some guys. But, I mean, ownership, they can put their foot down. And maybe this was, you know, maybe this is Dombrowski going all Bill Parcells. Like, if I had to put my finger on what happened, I would say that maybe the Red Sox did step in and go, no, you know, the money that we've been spending, like, we got to take it easy. Like, I don't know. Maybe Dombrowski wanted to give Mookie Betts a huge contract, and maybe the Red Sox were not willing to do it. And I'm just throwing shit against the wall right now. But you're trying to understand why this didn't work out why Dombrowski and Red Sox ownership were button heads. Like, why they were not getting along. And the only thing I can think of is that Dombrowski is pulling a parcel where he's like, hey, you want me to cook the dinner, then you're going to have to let me shop for some of the groceries and sign some... Or maybe ownership wanted to sign Mookie Betts and Dombrowski's like, ah, I'm going to put him on the trade block. I don't know. But there was something that happened with the with the philosophy with Dombrowski's philosophy and what ownership wanted to do, there was a disagreement there. And usually, when there's a disagreement like that, if if both sides are sticking to 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 their beliefs, and you're someone like Dombrowski who obviously will have an ego about it because he just won the team a championship, and he's going to be like, "What this is what I did for you with this team the last couple of years? That's not enough. Division titles, World Series championship. That's not enough for you guys. You you don't have confidence in me. I mean, so." It it kind of feels like the timing of it, like something happened. There was a disagreement, led to an argument, led to, you know, another loss to the Yankees, and Dombrowski's like, you know what, what are we doing? What are we doing? Eight games out, this thing's over. You want me to just hang around the offices and not talk to you guys and hate your guts? Let's just do it. Let's just end this right now. It kind of feels like Dombrowski... W- was is going parcels here, right? You want me to cook the dinner? Let me let me shop for the groceries, all of them. Don't don't get don't step in here. Let me do this. And maybe ownership stepped in on something. What are they stepping on? I don't know. But obviously Dombrowski didn't like it to the point where he knew he was gone. If it's kind of, I, I get the feeling that he wanted out, and I get the feeling that ownership is like, all right, see ya. So I think it's a. I don't think it's Dombrowski. And another loss to the Yankees, and ownership's like, ah! We're going to step into the office. You're fired. I don't, like, I think this kind of feels like mutual to me. Feels mutual. Now, Alex Cora, sounds like he was caught off guard. I don't know, though. Cora, after the game, here's what Cora said, quote, after the game last night, after a loss to the Yankees, after Dombrowski was fired. Officially, Cora says, quote, I just found out, So, surprise and shock, obviously. Right now, I don't have too much to say. We'll talk a little bit more tomorrow. This is a guy that gave me a chance to come here and be a big league manager. It's one of those that caught me. They just told me, so I'm not ready to talk about it. End quote. That's Alex Cora. The Red Sox, this morning, on this Monday morning, they will not hold the press conference, reportedly. But they have released statements And here's a statement from the Red Sox. Here's the quote from John Henry. Quote, Four years ago, we were faced with a critical decision about the direction of the franchise. We were extraordinarily fortunate to be able to bring Dave in to lead baseball operations. With a World Series championship and three consecutive American League East titles, he has cemented what was already a Hall of Fame career. End quote. Again, that was John Henry. Tom Werner says, quote, Dave will hold the special place in franchise history as a key architect of one of the greatest Red Sox teams ever assembled. His willingness to make bold moves helped deliver our fourth World Series championship in the 21st century. End quote. Then you got President Sam Kennedy. Says, quote, Dave and I enjoyed a tremendous partnership these past four seasons. His baseball acumen and relentless pursuit of winning produced a season that will long be remembered by all of us, end quote. The statement continues, a search for the next baseball operations leader will begin immediately during this process. The baseball operations department will be led by assistant GM Brian O'Halloran, Eddie Romero, and Zach Scott. There will be no formal media availability regarding today's announcement. The Red Sox will have regular media access prior to tonight's game. So, there you have it. Those are the quotes. I mean, the Red Sox publicly are not knocking the guy. Now, it'll be interesting to see what Dombrowski has to say about it. Yeah, I think that's the next piece here. But then, of course, you'll get the leaks. It'll leak. You know, it'll leak. Red Sox will leak it to their newspaper, the Globe. There'll be a story in the Globe, what happened. And uh, will it be true? Will it be, you know, one side trying to make, will it be the Red Sox trying to make themselves look good? What will be the truth? Dombrowski will then get his side out there. I think if you're asking me to judge what happened, you know, the timing is strange, knowing that they could have just played the season out again. He had another year in his contract. But at the same time, we did hear that there were some issues with Dombrowski and ownership. So you got to get to those issues. Like, what were the issues that made them do this last night? Was, was ownership so fired up? That was, was President Sam Kennedy so fired up that he stormed in a, you know, another loss to the Yankees? He storms in. Now, this season's been over. We've known this season was over. Were they really that upset with what happened at the trade deadline? Not getting an extra bullpen guy? That... They decided, well, on Sunday night, September 8th, early Monday, September 9th, we're going to fire Dave Dombrowski. I just think something happened. This just feels like Dombrowski was like, guys, we know it's over, right? You disagree with a move that I want to make. We disagree on some things. It's affected the relationship. We're eight games out. Clearly, I'm not happy. I'm just not happy where I'm at right now. You know, I, I don't I don't feel like you guys got my back on some things that I've done or want to do. And we, we both know we're not going to, we both know that this is it after this season. And so since the season's officially over, looking at the wildcard standings, eight games out, why are we doing this? Let's just cut ties right now. Let's just end it. And I think that's what happened, you know, it, it'll be interesting you know, to, to see like what the one move was that led to this major disagreement in which it ended the relationship. Because obviously there was something that they disagreed on that was so important to each side and they were so distant they couldn't reach the middle ground with one move. What was that move? Was it what happened at the deadline? No, I don't think so. Was it the money that Dombrowski was spending on sales contract? You know, Nathan Evaldi? No, I don't think so. Because at the end of the day, I think ownership. I think ownership could could just have said, "No, we're not doing that. De- we're not doing that deal. We're not giving him that money. This is our money. They They have to okay everything. Um, even if Dombrowski's the guy, you know, running the show, and don't say he didn't get the 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 ability to run the show. He did." So under that, it had to have been something that Dombrowski wanted to do that ownership wouldn't do here moving forward. It was something. I don't know what that was. Was it Mookie Betts related? Um, I don't know. I really don't. But something happened. There was a major disagreement. And I I think we'll find out what it what it was. But as I'm recording this right now, I don't know. I don't. I really don't. Um, But I think it it definitely seems like mutual, a mutual pot in the ways. And it's like, listen, you know, I'm gone. Let's just end this right now. I'm unhappy. I'm out. You know, let me out right now. And they did. They're like, all right, see ya. But for people, I think to to knock Dombrowski today is tough for me to do. I'm not going to do it. In fact, I applaud him for the team that he put together last year. I applaud him for that. Thank you. That's what I'll say to Dave Dombrowski today. Thank you for the 2018 World Champions. You know, they don't get that championship without Dave Dombrowski. I got news for everybody who might want to knock him today. Even people in the Red Sox organization that might want to knock him. If they do. I don't know if they do. But if they do, you don't get that championship without Dombrowski and the moves that he made. You don't. You don't get that championship without trading for Chris for Chris Sale, without trading for Nathan Avaldi. How about signing the World Series MVP. And Steve Pierce. <laughs> right? Like you, like, you bring acquire these guys. David Price could have been World Series MVP. It's a Dombrowski signing. I mean, Dombrowski got you a championship. He got the Red Sox a title. I'm supposed to knock him for that today? I, I'm not going to do that. So, um, I think it, this just seems like it was mutual. And, you know, there was something that they mutually disagreed on. I don't know that it was a move that he's made in the past. I think it was a move that maybe he wanted to make. And ownership was like, no, that's not going to happen. And maybe Dombrowski was like, well, what am I doing here if you are going to tell me I can't do this? If you want me to cook the dinner, you got to let me shop for the groceries. Um, I do think Dave Dombrowski probably has a little bit of an ego. And I think that the team he put together last year probably adds to that ego to where if he does get told no on something, which it sounds like he was getting told no for something, I think he probably looks at it, pounds his chest, and goes, guys, I'm Dave Dombrowski. You see that team I put together last year? What, you're not going to trust me now? I'm sure there's some of that. And I'm sure it led to Dombrowski being pissed, and it led to ownership being like, what the fuck's this guy mad about? We we let him do so much. And I think it was just probably a, you know, it's time to go. Right? It's time to go. Because I don't know what that disagreement was about, it's tough for me to take a side here. On who has a right to... Like, was it... If you tell me Dombrowski was trying to trade Mookie Betts, then I got a problem with that. I got a problem with that. If the Red Sox put their foot down and they're like, we're not letting you trade Mookie Betts, then I'm going to take the Red Sox side. Now, if it was... Dombrowski's saying, hey, I want to give Mookie Betts a $300 million deal. And the Red Sox are like, eh, we're not going to do that. Well, then I'm going to take Dombrowski's side. Because I think the Red Sox should sign Mookie Betts. So, but I don't know what that... There was something that they disagreed on. And as I'm recording this today, we don't actually know what that was. I do think we'll find out. And then I'll take my side. But as of right now, Dave Dombrowski, I guess my message for the whole thing is... I think it was mutual and... The parting of the ways was mutual, and I think Dave Dombrowski should be applauded for the World Series champion that he put together last year. More than he should be knocked for anything. That's how I feel. So, whatever news we hear on that, I will react to it. I'm here every Monday and Thursday on the Podcast One Network. Make sure you subscribe. Also on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Don't forget, I have a new live stream on Twitch every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. I will be doing that tomorrow on Tuesday, live stream. So go follow me right now, twitch.tv slash Danny Picard. That's twitch.tv slash Danny Picard, and I will be taking your phone calls. You got thoughts on Dombrowski getting fired? You got thoughts on the Antonio Brown Circus? You got thoughts on the Patriots? You got thoughts on anything NFL-related? I will take your phone calls. It's a toll-free phone number, so tune in tuesday every tuesday at 10 a.m eastern time on twitch twitch.tv slash danny picard enjoy the next couple days everybody i am out talk to you soon